Good morning, friends. Welcome. Lou and I welcome you to this show. This is our 151st episode, chapter 14, verse 17 and 18. Right, Lou? Yes, it is. We're ready to go. Ready to go. Okay. So chapter 14, verse 17 says, From sattva arises knowledge, and from rajas arises greed, desires and greed, and from tamas arises heedlessness, delusion, and ignorance. So what does that mean? So let's start with tamas. A tamasic person, as we've said before in the previous episodes, really cares only about himself, doesn't care about the consequences of driving fast or doing something reckless, not only to himself, but to others around him. Just does it, doesn't even think. He knows nothing about the Atman. He's ignorant of the Atman doesn't even know about these kinds of things. He's deluded, as they say. He's confused. He's reckless and he's heedless. Okay. A rajasic person, on the other hand, is acting, acting, acting all the time. Do, do, do. It's all because of greed and desires. Desires which amount to a great deal of desires um, turns out to be greed. He, that rajasic person, is also ignorant of the Atman, just like the tamasic person. He's so intent on acquiring more wealth, more power, more fame, more money, that he becomes obsessed with his desires, uh, desire-ridden acquisition drive is what he has, that he becomes greedy of all of that. And his focus is all self-centered, right? As opposed to the sattvic person whose focus is to do for others. The rajasic person, but it's always with the goal in mind for his own selfish person. Maybe that the most to his wife and his kids, but not to others. A sattvic person, on the other hand, first eradicates his rajas and his tamas from himself. And then what happens? Once that rajas and tamas is eradicated, the inner atman that this sattvic person has starts to shine through. We gave the example last time of a silver dish or silver utensil that you take this silver polish and wipe it, mm -hmm. and the, uh, the whatever the tarnish is comes off and the silver shines through. So that tarnish is considered the rajas and tamas, which when you remove, you're automatically your inner beauty starts to show through. You and that person, a rajas, a, a tamas sattvic person, sorry, a sattvic person is intellectually very sharp, very sharp. You can know it just by looking at him. He could be a person who's never been to school or college, but just knowing, looking at him, you know he's a, got a sharp intellect. And he develops a profound knowledge of terrestrial stuff, right? There's two kinds of knowledges. One is terrestrial, like physics, chemistry, biology, mm -hmm. mathematics. And one is that which is spiritual, that what we're talking about. That having to do with, with uh, God, Atman, Brahman. These are not things that are taught in school or college, unfortunately. Right. So the sattvic knowledge that this person achieves by getting, getting rid of his rajas and tamas, that sattvic knowledge is considered to be a veil. Just like people wear a, a veil to cover their faces, that sattvic knowledge is considered to be a veil over the Atman. So getting to sattva is not enough. 
a person could say, okay, I'm very sattvic. I do a lot of charity. I do a lot of good. I think about other people rather than myself. That's not enough. You then need to get beyond sattva. That is called trans-gunas, beyond the, all the three gunas. First you got rid of tamas, then rajas, now sattva. And then when you've gotten rid of even the veil of sattva is when you become self-realized. So getting just to get to sattva, the example is given that you might be in a crowd of dreamers. Everybody's dreaming, you included. Now, everybody else is having bad dreams, nightmares, and some good dreams. You, on the other hand, your dreams are only happy and peaceful. But you're still dreaming. Yep. You're not awake. When you get out of this moha, this delusion, this attachment to the world, that's what moha means in Sanskrit, that, when you get past that, is when you're self-realized. So it's like waking up from a dream. So when you're in a crowd of dreamers and you're dreaming happy thoughts, don't think to yourself, well, I'm in sattva, I'm very happy. <laughs> Not that any of us, I don't think, are going to get there. But I'm just saying, if you aim for the moon, you might get to the stars. So aim for self-realization, even if you just improve yourself here on this world, in this lifetime, you've accomplished a lot. So you lead a happy, peaceful dream on this earth, and it makes your life that much better the next time you're born. So sattva is considered in Sanskrit Brahma Lok. Brahma is a short Sanskrit version of uh, Brahman, but it also designates a god, as I said to you before, the god of creation. And loka in Sanskrit means uh, inhabited, a place to inhabit. A world. So Brahmalok is the highest heaven of all heavens, but it's still heaven. It's mm. not beyond heaven where Brahma is. So the first step in this procedure of getting rid of rajas, tamas, etc., is to remove the rajas and tamas, to get to the sattva. That makes your mind clear and peaceful and dynamic. The second step is when you get to sattva, is to try to get rid of the sattva to get to the Atman. Now, an example of this is Bhagwan Raman Maharshi. Bhagwan Raman Maharshi. He was a saint, a, a self-realized person. And when he was young, just like you and me, he was young and at that time he was phobic of death. As a, as a young adolescent, he was already pretty much on his way to becoming self-realized. But he had this one fear of dying and he was actually phobic of it. So he said, finally, he said, you know, to get rid of my fear, I might as well know what death is. Let me just face it. So he lay down and he stiffened his body and he made it tight. And he says, OK, this is what death must look like. And as you know, so, so basically what he did was he put himself into this meditative state. But let me show you how he did it. And this was written, this is written in his biographies and autobiographies and other people have written it. So he made him, his body very tight and he said, I can still see or feel or re recognize my thoughts. So I know my thoughts. So he started focusing on his thoughts. He says, well, I'm supposed to be dead, so I shouldn't be having these thoughts. He got rid of that. And then he started saying, now this I, I, this I-ness still remains, even though I'm not thinking what should I be doing when I wake up? What is for lunch today? What's for dinner today? Whatever those thoughts are. He says, but I still have this thought of I, I. 
And when he started erasing that I, then he became one with Purusha. Purusha is the spirit, the consciousness, the life force within yourself. He became one with this. He got away from the Prakriti, the body, the matter, and he then became one with Purusha. Now he was saying, I need to get past Purusha and become one with Brahman. And that's what he did. And he became one. And then he began teaching to everybody whatever he, need, whatever he learned as a self-realized person. So that's something that we, as I said, the first step is to get rid of Rajas and Tamas. Second stage is to get to Sattva. And the third is to get to beyond Sattva to self-realization. Now, as I was trying to meditate this morning, I was actually thinking, even though I shouldn't have been, but the thoughts crossed my mind about what we're going to talk about today. And I thought to myself, as I'm thinking, as my mind is becoming more peaceful, I'm thinking to myself, it's not enough to just do meditation. You need to also get rid of your desires. It's a multifaceted task. Um, I used to go to this yoga called hot yoga, uh, yeah. and hot yoga is phenomenal, but they do multiple different exercises to get to the same point. You can't just do one. So it's not like you just do meditation, and now getting away from hot yoga, I'm talking about back to where we were. Meditation alone isn't going to get you there, because while you're meditating, you have desires going through your mind. Even if you reduce them, you still have desires. Getting rid of your desires alone and doing self, uh, doing sacrifice and going giving to others isn't alone in, in, enough. Isn't a, enough alone. You need to do getting rid of your desires plus the meditation. So that's what uh, Bhagwan Ramana Maharshi did. He just got rid of his desires and did service to others and meditated, and he got there. So that was verse 17. Let's now go to verse 18. Verse 18 says, those established in sattva move upwards. The rajasic remain in the middle, and following the course of the lowest guna or quality, the tamasic go downwards. So this is simple enough to understand, I think. Basically what he's saying is, that a tamasic person goes downwards, a rajasic person remains in the middle, and a sattvic person goes upwards. Now, in the scriptures, up, down refers to, because we often say, well, what does that mean? There's no heaven up there. If, if God is everywhere, if, uh, the life force everywhere, why does everything point to up or down? And, and that was then misrepresented by a lot of Hindus to say heaven must be up and hell must be down. And we've talked about where heaven is or where hell is. Um, it's just a part of your um, where your wishes and desires take you after death. There's not a fixed place that it goes to. But upwards in the scriptures refers to going closer to self-realization. Anything that takes you towards self-realization is considered up. Anything that takes you away from self-realization is considered going down. If you go neither towards self-realization nor go downwards, away from self-realization, you just stay static, that's considered being in the middle. So what this verse is saying is that if you're sattvic, very reminiscent of just being full of sattva, you're going upwards. And if you're tamasic, you're going downwards because you're just building more and more desires within yourself. And if you do rajas, which is act, 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 you are getting rid of some of your desires 
if your part of your actions are selfless or less self-centered, you're getting rid of some of your desires. And to some other extent, you're building more desires. So you go up a little bit and you go down a little bit, up a little bit, down a little bit, with the result that you're basically staying static in the middle. Right. So the sattvic action means that you're removing the selfish desires and you're going up because you want the good, not just for yourself, not just money, power, fame for yourself, but you want good of others. Rajasic actions are craving ob objects. So you have to remove those desires and you remove some desires, you add some desires. And so you stay in the middle. Um, it's important to note that when you're young, when you're in teenage years, when you start to get past the childhood years and you're in your teenage years, what do you think? You think, I want a nice partner. I want a family. I want money. I want power. I want fame. I want looks. That's in your teenage years, at the beginning of your life. Now, when you're an old person like me or older, what do you want? Same thing. You are still looking to say, I wish I looked as good as I did 50 years ago. I wish I had more. I wish my family paid more attention to me. I wish people gave me more, uh, um, more fame, more praise, uh, thought of me, invited me, you know, did, didn't treat me as nothing over here. So the same things that happened to you, the same desires and wishes and feelings that you had as a teenager still exists. And um, so nothing has changed in, as far as your desires are concerned. Right. Yeah. So a rajasic man, for instance, may be thinking about his wife and his kids. Now, he's doing good for others, but he's still very self-centered. He is taking care of himself, his wife, and his kids, accumulating money, power, wealth, etc. But then let's say he becomes a gambler and he gets obsessed with gambling. Now he's gone towards tamas. He is now saying, I want something for nothing. I want to be able to put a little bit and then get money without doing very much. That's very tamasic. Hmm. So now he goes to the casino and he starts gambling and he forgets about his wife and family. What has happened is he has devolved. Instead of evolving, he's going the opposite way. He's going downwards. He's gone from becoming rajasic to becoming tamasic. He has gone from caring, at least before he was caring about himself and his family. He was caring about others, which is his wife and his kids. But now, as a tamasic person, he's only caring about himself, not even his wife. And so he's gone downwards. So Kabir says, Sant Kabir, Saint Kabir, had a lot of sayings. He was very, very good with these sayings that he had. He says, when you came into this world, it sounds much better in Hindi, mm -hmm. but when you came into this world, you were crying and everybody else was laughing. He says, as it should be, when you go, you should be laughing and everybody else should be crying. <laughs> so usually what happens is when you go, you're crying to say, I want to live some more. I want to live some more. You should be laughing because you've accomplished everything that you wanted to accomplish. You had a good life. You served others, etc. And everybody else is crying because you did so much good for other people. They're going to miss you. Right. Um, how to increase, increase your sattva? how to reduce your desires. 
that's another question that a lot of people have. How do, how do I increase my sattva? How do I get rid of my tamas? How do I get rid of my rajas? Swami Vivekanand said when somebody asked him, what should I do? How do I do this? He says, just take a soccer ball, go outside and play soccer. <laughs> Meaning, don't just sit around and sit here and say, okay, I want to just listen to you. I, teach me. Spoon feed me. He says, show some action. Become, go from tamas to rajas before you can get to sattva. Go outside, play soccer, move your body. <laughs> so he also said that the best way to get sattva is with love. Love not, not for yourself, not just for your wife and kids, but for everybody around you. The more love you have, the less you get angry, the less you have all these other negative wishes. Only love predominates. He says the thicker love is, the thinner all the other emotions are. You can just imagine if you love your grandchild or your child so much, the amount of anger that you feel no matter what he does, you say, that's ah, okay, that's all right, forget it. Yep. Why? Because of the love there. If you didn't love this person, somebody else did something, you'd be mad because there's no love over there. So love is thick, all other emotions are thin. Ex then you feel the love, but how do you get more love towards people that you don't know? Or how do you do that? You express it, he says. Express, start showing, st start speaking your love, express your love. It's something that we're not used to doing. But he says, practice it. Practice showing your love. Practice saying that you care for people. Show that you care for people. And that will increase the level of sattva that you have. Then the other thing is, profess your love through service to others. Not just saying it, because you can say all you like, I love you, I love you. That means nothing. You've got to really mean it. You have to show it by servicing. And you can do little things that you have. That also shows your love. There was a story that I heard from one of the Swamis that some big guru was sitting there and this one person that wanted to get his blessings wanted to come to him and says, I am just so filled with anger. I want to get rid of this anger. And when he came into his ashram, his ashram means uh, a place where you relax, rest, uh, study. And he went into the ashram and the gate that he just was couldn't open it <laughs> he slammed it open and it slammed against the door and it swung back and crashed back into it he just stepped loudly into the towards the house took off his shoes in india the culture is you take off your shoes or slippers and you put them neatly on the outside before you enter barefoot into the house and then wash your feet wash your hands etc he took off his shoes and just threw them angrily on the ground and then went inside <laughs> and the swami was very quiet looked at him and he said, my son, what can I do? And he said, just get rid of this anger within me. And he said, okay. He says, I heard you slamming the door outside and I heard you throw down your slippers. He says, yes, you're Swamiji, I'm so sorry. He says, well, go outside, pick up your chapels, your shoes and apologize to them and go to the gate and apologize. And the man said, apologize to my chapels they're not living objects they're inanimate objects my shoes and my the gate and swamiji said well you treated them with as much anger as if they had living life in it right. so go and apologize to them he said suddenly it dawned on me what he was saying i was taking out my anger on these inanimate objects 
from something that I was angry at that had living this. He says, by doing that, he said, I right away saw the foolishness of my actions and I got past that. So that's a, something for you to consider when you have these emotions of anger. They come because there's lack of love, less love, and you have full desires. Anger is always a product of desire. Right. When you want something, you desire something, if it doesn't go your way, it produces anger. So when you have so much anger, it means you have a lot of desires. We need to reduce those desires. Practice then seeing Brahman in everything. You see a spider. Don't kill it just because it's there and it's bothering you. Unless it's hurting you. It's doing something to you. Yes, you have bacteria inside. You have a virus inside. Sorry, you got to take the antibiotic and kill it because otherwise you're going to get sick. You have to kill it. But if it's not doing anything to you, no need to kill it. You don't step on ants outside just because they're ants and you're outside. Right. You know, tendency is to just step on bugs and insects, even if they're not bothering you. Don't do that. Practice seeing Brahman in everything, birds, trees, mountain. I've told you this a million times in million episodes that when I was a kid, my mother used to say, God is in everything. And that was stuck in my head to say, how could God be in everything? And only now the profoundness, profoundity, what's the word? Uh, of her, yeah. Profundity of her statement and many other statements makes sense, made sense mm -hmm. to me. So um, Einstein said, Albert Einstein, if you always do what you always did, you will always get what you always got. Right. So it's so brilliant. If the more you think of it, the deeper it goes. If you keep doing the same thing again and again, you're going to keep getting what you always got. So just keep trying to change your attitude. Because if you look at your day, every day, if you look at how you're managing your day, it is always managed. There's a common thread every single day of your life. There's a common thread. If you can catch that thread, if you can say, oh, yeah, everything, my mind, my thoughts, my desires, and therefore my actions always go towards this. I think I told you the story of uh, I was on the board of a bank and there was a, a fellow board member there and he was extremely wealthy, a billionaire. And he and I had gone out once and he told me, he said, you know, confidentially, he says, I got to tell you, you're a psychiatrist. He says, I think of nothing, nothing other than money. Money is my God. Money is my everything. He says, I don't think of my wife. I don't think I, he had no kids. He said, I don't think of anything else. I don't think about women. I don't think about uh, enjoyment movies. All yeah. I think about money. I dream of money. And so if you looked at his day-to-day -day life, and that's an extreme, from the moment he woke up to the moment he slept and throughout his dreaming, all it was was money, 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 money. Every action of his, every thought of his had to do with money. That's an extreme. You have to figure out where do your thoughts go. You will find that there are one or two main vasanas and probably 100 others that are minor vasanas that drive your actions on a day-to-day -day basis. If you can try to change that, as Einstein said, if you always do what you always did, you will always get what you always got. So if you try and change that to say, I'm going to change this, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to focus on getting more money, more wealth, more objects, more power, more fame, all of this. Then 
your life will start to change. Believe me, and get so much more pleasure out of life. Not only in this life, but when you go back, when you die and you come back in a different life, believe it or not, it's the same vasanas that come with you and you have the same drive and you have the same personality and you have the same desires to do the same things. And that's how you explain child prodigies because they come right. back and at the age of six or seven or two, who's this young kid, right? Uh, at the age of 12 or seven or something, he's a grand cha champion of chess, yeah. grandmaster. And somebody else who's a professor at Harvard when he's only seven, you should look this up on Google. You can't believe it. This only can be explained if you think that there's reincarnation and he comes back with the same drives and the same vasanas and the same bright intellect that he achieved through sattvic life on a previous, in a previous life. So collect not objects, collect not money, collect not wealth. Collect good thoughts, collect good deeds, and collect good blessings from others for the good service that you do to them. So friends, that's 17 and 18 in chapter 14. I hope, like me, you're enjoying chapter 14 as I've always enjoyed it. Um, and next time we will go to verses 19, 20, and 21. Right, Lou? Yes, sir. We're ready to go. Ready. Okay. Please write to me. I would love to hear from you. The Gita memoirs of a psychiatrist dot at gmail.com the gita memoirs of a psychiatrist at gmail.com thank you so much and we'll see you next time